Calm As You Are is a place for self-compassionate reflection to use what you have within you right now as you are, perfectly imperfect, to find your way through motherhood. I'm Dr. Erin Bauer, clinical and perinatal psychologist, author of More Than a Healthy Baby, course creator and mum of two. This is my second podcast. Welcome if you've followed me over from my birth trauma work. This current podcast offering is bite-sized, unfancy and unplanned. A roadmap for finding your way back to self-compassion and how to replace numbing and escapism with true, meaningful fun. I talk about motherhood as an identity and an institution, perinatal mental health and patriarchy, parental burnout and numbing. The core message is to practice the question, I wonder. Instead of judging ourselves and engaging in comparisonitis, we simply ask ourselves, I wonder. I wonder. So this week I realized it's six months since I quit social media and I didn't write it on the calendar, (laughs) but I saw the date coming up and went, ah, that might be another point of reflection because I guess when I started, I'd set myself a goal of eight weeks really. So from, what was it, International Women's Day slash Labor Day through to Mother's Day this year and I guess I hadn't really thought like six months in advance is too much for most parents to think about (laughs) I think anyway right but um yeah six months wasn't even something I thought of like would I still be using it would I not be using it at all but here we are and so I thought it might be useful to actually share a few insights about that so I would say overall not much has changed from what I felt probably even two, two and a half, three weeks in from quitting to now in terms of those insights about how much clearer I feel, how much calmer I feel. Although with that, it's kind of like an overall, I feel calmer, I feel clearer. My sort of stress, anxiety, depression symptoms are nowhere near what they were so I think constantly being on social media didn't help with that but something I will say to that is that not having that immediate whip your phone out will force you to confront feelings that you don't want to confront so I think um, I mentioned this in the book when I talk about the process of quitting it really does need to be treated like any other addiction in that you need replacement strategies you need goals you need support people and all of those things because when the tricky feelings come up you're not going to want to deal with them (laughs) because that's human nature and me being a psychologist it's not any different having you know unpleasant feelings is the thing that we want to avoid so I think if you're going to reduce or you're going to quit you, you need something else to replace it with and not just hope that you can use willpower. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that we can make. It casts such a personal blame that isn't helpful at all. That if only you had willpower, you wouldn't do the thing 
I could go on about that for such a long time, but I won't. I will just say that, yeah, six months in, I still don't feel like I want to go back or need to go back. There's been a couple of interesting things that have um, popped up that have not been so positive, but I'll get to those in a minute. Um, overall, I guess I would say I feel that most people's reactions to this, me quitting that is, have they've still been like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing that. But it hasn't been a like, why would you do that? Are you crazy? It's actually been more like intrigue and curiousness. And I guess the image I have in my mind often is the head tilt. You know, when you have a puppy and you expose them to an interesting noise and they sort of cock their head and go, hmm. <laughs> That's the image I have in my mind of usually face to face when I tell people that I don't use social media or that I've quit. There's a hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So most people have been intrigued and inspired. And I would say from a business point of view, swapping from having a social media account to having an email list and a blog and a podcast, my engagement is much, much better. It's a smaller community, you know. You have to deal with the fact that you have a many thousand or whatever followers aren't going to <laughs> keep following you but I think that's there's a passivity in the phrase follower anyway I have an like an engaged audience now that feels both enriching and manageable at the same time I don't feel as responsible for such a big group of people that I can't keep track of and there's less fakeness let's just put it out there so I think there's a pull I feel a definite pull that there is a community of women and mothers especially who are looking for that reassurance that they too can scale right back in whatever way that one looks like or even quit and and you'll still be okay and I'm living proof of that it's only six months in it's not like it's years but I feel like that's still a reasonable amount of time considering I haven't gone back so um, as I said I'm not struggling so much with the compassion fatigue and the uh, what would you call it like foggy brain feeling that you're constantly seeing what other people are doing and constantly reacting to what everybody else is doing but in saying that something I've had to grieve which I think is something if you're thinking of quitting to prepare yourself for is it will reveal to you relationships that will not survive outside of social media so I want to say here that that's twofold of course like people love their habits it's very hard to get people out of their habits unless there's something directly in it for them so if someone else is fine using social media a like and a dm whatever is an easy way to keep in touch with people so why would you get people off the platform and ask them to do something else, an email, a text message, a phone call, whatever. So we like our routines and conveniences and people have got enough going on that I don't, I take that with a very big pinch of salt, <laughs> whether I hear from people or not. But at the same time, it has been mildly, and it is mildly, it's not like kept me awake at night, but triggering for childhood wounds. And I mention this because it's not something I thought about too much until it kind of happened, I suppose, around the idea of female friendships where it becomes apparent, well, a couple of things become apparent. 
One is where there's not an equal exchange of energy. So friendships that we've all had where it's always you who's sending the first text message. It's always you who's organizing lunch. It's always you who's putting all the work in and you make allowances because the other person's busy or rada, rada, rada. But then as soon as you don't do that anymore, you don't hear from them. Sometimes for a really long time. And that's okay. Like friendships are meant to be transitory and that's okay. But the other thing it can reveal sometimes is this hmm, groupthink mentality. I'm not alone in, I think, about some of the female friendships I've had in my life, particularly as a teenager and as a tween, where if you're not doing the thing that the group wants you to do, in my case it was, oh, you don't want to do shoplifting? We can't be your friend anymore. Oh, you don't want to go to this party and play spin the bottle or seven minutes in heaven? No, you can't eat lunch with us anymore. Oh, you're actually doing the work in class? Yeah, we don't want to hang out with you anymore, you nerd. So <laughs> relationships where they only work if you are doing what the queen bee wants you to do. And if you're not doing it, then you get rejected and isolated. And it's not that people are mean exactly. They just don't talk to you anymore. So adult relationships can be a bit like that as well, where you sort of see, for me, I've seen after like six months, there are definitely relationships that have been revealed where it's like, oh, that isn't quite what I thought it would be. And there's some grief around that. And that's okay. And I think as well, if you're using social media in a business capacity and you have some sort of expert role, with withdrawing this, part of your business can definitely activate feelings of oh well I'm only worthwhile if I'm useful or productive which is of course not your voice that's the voice of patriarchy and old bosses and old supervisors and everything else women have to put up with but it can be one of those tricky false beliefs that we struggle with particularly if you work in some sort of healing or helping profession where people value your opinion they you know turn up every day to see what advice you're going to have or what tips you've got or whatever it might be. And when you withdraw that, people aren't interested in you anymore. So it's kind of like that sense of, um, you know, feeding the penguins. <laughs> like If you're not turning up with food, the penguins don't want to know you anymore. So there can be some grief around that. Um, but generally, the big gift of quitting is time. And I think, you know, even before the lockdowns of this year, I knew I had more tasks in my business than I could actually achieve with the time that I had. And so if you think about Parkinson's law, which I'm kind of like <laughs> saying it the way I explain it, not necessarily the way there's different interpretations to it, let's put it this way. But basically the idea that how much time you need to give a task or how much energy you need to give to it really depends on how much actual time you have. So if I give you a 24-hour deadline for something, how much effort and energy you're going to be able to put into that is very different to if I give you two months, right? So with lockdowns, I've cut my hours back. I was only doing 10 and now I'm only doing two. And so rather than what is sometimes tempting to go, well, look, I'll just like throw my hands in the air and go, there's no point doing this. It's like back to mothering and housewife for me. I just use those two hours to maintain consistency. Um, so it's a couple of mentoring clients a week if I have them. And if not, then I'm using that two hours to throw together a weekly email for my mailing list, this 10-minute podcast, 
answer a few emails, squeeze in a tiny bit of writing. And that's it. Instead of stressing about all the things I should be doing, I just focus on short, clear, achievable role um, goals rather that's going to just keep that consistency so I don't fall off the face of the earth and <laughs> become another one, another one of those blogs that starts with, oh, it's been such a long time. I mean, that happens. But work expands, you know, to fill the time available for completion. So my conversion rates is in the amount of people who see my landing page, engage with my email list, whatever it might be, is really high. It's very strong. So this is where I dedicate my time. So with anything else, you know, I think you've got to think about like what's in it for me. Whether you're applying this to business, looking really carefully at those conversion rates in your business. And if it turns out that spending two hours a week on Instagram is putting money in your bank account, then go for it. If it's not though, maybe think, well, where is the money coming from? And particularly thinking about investing um, in the places that feel right and feel manageable. You know, if sitting down and getting all your posts ready for Instagram and spending time there feels horrible and you're not getting much return on investment, then don't do it. Like, you know, same with podcasting. I used to have a different podcast where I would interview guests. Um, and, you know, I was quite proud of that, but it just took up so much time. So switching it to be something that's 10 minutes is just more manageable. Um, if I had extra time, I'd be putting it into course creation. People might not feel like doing online learning right now, or maybe they do, but eventually this is not going anywhere. And so for me, I have four online courses already. I have another one in the works. That will be passive income eventually. And again, my conversion rates are high. So I focus on what gets me where I want to go, you know, like if it means the house is a bit dirtier than so be it at the moment so I hope that's useful as I said it's just a few insights about what it's like six months on would I do anything different in terms of quitting no I don't think I would but stay posted and I'll give you some more insights as we go have a good week <laughs>